When we spoke with JC Alvarez, class of 77, last June, she was attending reunions for the first time, 40 years after graduating from Princeton. She explained that her college experience was quite different from that of her classmates. Um, I was from San Antonio, and uh, I was a very smart girl, but very poor, and wanted to go to college. I was in, from a very Mexican, uh, traditionally Mexican family. Um, girls didn't go to college, much less go away to college, much less go away to Princeton. But I always knew that my life existed outside of the barrio, if you will. And somebody took me aside one day, an older sister of some classmates, and she said, well, you're really smart. You ought to go to the Ivy Leagues. Well, what was the Ivy Leagues? And she said, you know, they have money and they'll help you. And so I applied on the off chance. I, I got into Princeton and Yale and Harvard and Notre Dame and a lot of schools. So uh, I had this tremendous opportunity and I thought my folks would be so happy and they they weren't. <laughs> but that was a different time. You know, for them it was very hard for them to watch me, you know, break away from the traditional cultural things. Uh, but they finally, um, I talked them into one semester at a time and they let me come to Princeton and I said, we're just going to go one semester at a time. I can always come home. You know, and uh, I, I, my roommate was from San Antonio and she had actually talked her parents into coming the same way. She was Hispanic, one of my roommates, and she said, yeah, we, I, that's what I told my parents, one semester at a time. And she said, I even told them one month at a time. But all that is merely an introduction. Alvarez's time at Princeton completely transformed in her sophomore year. Well, basically, um, I got pregnant uh, at the end of my sophomore year, and um, I decided instead of having an abortion, I decided to have the baby. And so I decided that I would keep going on, which was unfortunately not a popular decision at the university. Um, Let's face it, women had been in, my, my class was the fourth class of women, so they were already having a hard enough time uh, with that, uh, in that transition, and now they've got this pregnant student, and I was not a little pregnant, I was big. It was sort of funny to even like fit into the seats that were you know, nailed into the ground. Uh, I'd have to always get the, the last seat, and, and they just didn't want me it was sort of this visible reminder, like, oh my gosh, this world is changing. I think it was hard for them. Um, I thought maybe I would take a semester off, and they were, nope. They said, well, we'll let you quit, but we won't let you take a semester off. We won't let you take a year off. Um, could I get an extension? Nope. We'll give you withdrawal papers, but you can't have an extension or, you know, and I had my son the week before midterms spring of my junior year. Um, the funny thing is looking back on it now, I think, um, I think I was, it, it, that the, the fact that they made it so challenging made me more determined than ever to succeed, you know. I thought, well, you can, you know, you can try and break me or you can try and get me to quit, but I'm not going to do it. This was my opportunity. And because I had made what they called a mistake, 
uh, and it was. It wasn't. I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. <laughs> um, I just decided that that was really. It, this was my opportunity. Both things were my opportunity. This, the baby was my opportunity, and this education was my opportunity. So it made me more determined than ever to succeed. And as it turned out, that happened to be my best semester at Princeton. Uh, I got two A pluses, two A's, and a B. So I was like, there you go. <laughs> and at that point, um, I was determined more than ever to finish. There were actually two administrators who helped me, um, both of them in the assistant dean of students' office, uh, Frank Ayala and Scott Seligman. And for some reason, they, uh, well, the, Frank was, he was Hispanic, and he had kind of understood my, you know, how difficult this was for me just on a multiple level. Uh, and he helped by getting, getting me housing at Spelman. And um, Scott helped me as well just by sort of talking me through some of the more difficult times. And uh, Scott and I are still friends to this day. And uh, the other people that helped were the other classmates of mine. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I had them, I had a schedule of people who would help babysit for me. They would just come in and they would sit with Paul for an hour and I would run down to class and run back. And um, I wish that those people I could thank, every single one of them, because it helped so much to have them say, it's okay, we're going to help you get through this. I talked to a couple of people um, last night when I was here at reunions and they, they said, you know what's so neat was when we would go to your house, it was real world. You know, like it, like there was a baby that like our brothers or our sisters. I mean, it helped to keep us grounded to go to your house. So we loved going there, even though you were you thought that we were helping you. You were actually helping us. You know, stay keep a foot in the real world. You know, so um, those people really made a big difference in supporting me. They didn't look at it as wow, that's so strange. You know. They knew it was a challenge, so all of them were very critical to my, my succeeding, for sure. At that time, I was married. I had married the dad, um, and he was very traditional. I'd come from a sort of very traditional family, so he's like, well, you have to take care of the cooking and the cleaning and the baby and everything else, and then you know, he was sort of focused on school, and that was the way it was sort of back in, in that time. So you know my day was getting up and feeding him and you know running down and doing the laundry and coming back and you know working on readings and then running to class and then coming back you know sometimes if a babysitter couldn't come I would have to put him in the, the little baby carrier you know and he was actually a very good baby he would be quiet until about 50 minutes in and then I he'd start talking and the professor would say is there a baby in this class <laughs> Uh, excuse me, Sarah, I'll, uh, I'm, I've got to go now. <laughs> so um, it had a, you know, it was sort of this, this dichotomy of sort of being a student, but having very much responsibilities in the real world, you know, making sure the baby was cared for and fed and, and you know, keeping a house and, um, you know, a marriage or whatever, all of those traditional things. Uh, but I always wanted to be a mom. That was the funny thing, is, is it was the one thing as a kid I always knew I wanted to be. So being a mom somehow never bothered me. 
uh, it was it felt very right it was just it was just done in an unusual way as a student I just remember wanting to get as much as I could out of my academics you know um, but I also had to set a different bar for myself I mean I knew I wasn't going to be the valedictorian or the Pine Prize winner or whatever I just wanted to be able to finish to finish with a, a fairly decent record but I had to say to myself there's only so much you can do because you have this balance in your life that you have to keep there was a lot of shame associated with my Princeton experience 40 years ago. I used to apologize because I had been a mom and a student and I had gotten pregnant and, and everything else. And 40 years ago, everybody said, this is a huge mistake. You will never be successful. You are guaranteeing that you will be a failure in your life. You know, within 10 years, you'll be selling pencils on a street corner like a dumb Mexican girl. Well, 40 years later, I can look back and say, nope, it wasn't a mistake. I knew that while it's not a journey I would recommend for everyone, I knew it was the right journey um, for me, and it was a mistake that wasn't. I got to determine what was going to be a mistake, you know, and I got to work to change my destiny and my son's destiny. And... Um, Princeton, having that foundation, I realized for the good and the bad was the core of that. That was the seed from which this amazing life grew. Having this education as my core changed my future and having that baby changed my future. And they could both coexist in this same life. Our thanks to J.C. Alvarez for sharing her story. Brett Tomlinson produced this episode. The music is licensed from FirstCom Music. If you have a Princeton story you'd like to share, please let us know. You can email the Princeton Alumni Weekly at paw at princeton.edu.